0: There's some guy out there who sells water out of a cooler who's going to just be
1: <laughs> slammed. And the guy that plays, you know, sax solos after the concerts. He's <laughs> a know that of, guy. He-
0: Conversation about the music scene in Milwaukee and beyond with Jordan Lee of 88.9 and Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Piet Levy. This is Tapped In.
1: Good morning, Piet. How are you, bro? Great, Jordan. You know, it's been a week since I saw Lord, but that Lord show just keeps like popping in my mind. It was yeah. uh, you were there. I was there. You know?
0: We we thought it was better than expected.
1: Yeah, I had really high expectations too going to, but it was just such a good show, such a good arena show. And I've been thinking a lot about it because I've been thinking a lot about. All the arena shows that are coming to town yeah. this year um i've been kind of floored how many announcement stories i've been writing for the journal sentinel a lot uh, you know just since the <laughs> beginning of january and there's been some huge names you know justin timberlake and elton john and the eagles and foo fighters and metallica and you know kevin hart and j cole and arcade fire and just a lot Oof. of really yeah and that's just been in, a, in the first couple months so i did a story for the journal sentinel looking at at i really t- dive deep and looked at how this really is shaping up to be maybe the biggest year for large-scale concerts the city's ever had.
0: Right. I mean, you got to think about, we've talked about this before, Pia, that the idea of the new arena is going to bring fresh and exciting new shows, but even before the new arena has opened its doors, we're already seeing huge announcements for locations like Summerfest. Um, Things are coming back to life in new new and exciting ways, and I, I just, I think your prediction is right. This might be one of the biggest concert summers we've had in a long, long, long
1: time. Well, concert year years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right now we have 32 large-scale concerts that are scheduled for the year, yep. and still the year is quite young. I mean, there's there's a good chance we'll get more in the fall, especially with the new arena. They've, they've, they've said they've promised there's going to be a grand opening concert. Right. Um, but 32 is a pretty good number. Uh, I was looking back, I think the last time we had really high numbers uh, in that ballpark was like 2008. That was the peak industry year before the recession. Everything mm-hmm. was like booming, and then right. really it went through a giant slump. And that was the year that the Bradley Center had its peak tour year with seven Tours Harley Davidson had its big anniversary That's with through Springs yep. and the Foo Fighters at, that weekend. Um, that was just a huge year. You had the Police at, at Marcus Amphitheater. A lot going on. That was outside of Summerfest. So this year's really shaping up to be really big. One of the key factors I think is just the industry itself is doing so well. You know, it's been on like you know five consecutive years of growth and it keeps growing, keeps growing, keep growing. And there's a lot of tours that haven't hit Milwaukee in a while that have been eager to hit Milwaukee. It yes. just makes sense in terms of routing. It's very favorable for the city this year.
0: Absolutely. I mean. Artists like Metallica coming back to Milwaukee, that's a huge deal. Ed Sheeran playing Miller Park. Yeah, I mean, Ed these are Sheeran, big deals. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Ed Sheeran plays every album cycle. He just hasn't hit Milwaukee yet, so right. this is the year that he's going to do it. Kenny Chesney, he's also going to be at Miller Park. He always plays Milwaukee. He's got a tour, hasn't played in two years. It's due time for him to do that. Uh, and you've got acts that just haven't played in a while that are finally just making their way here, like Arcade Fire. 14 years since we've seen them. 14 years. They're playing Summerfest. Justin Timberlake hasn't been here in 15 years. He's going to be playing the new arena. So there's just a lot of favorable routing. But that new arena is also, I think, playing a role here too. We talked before about how there's gonna be this honeymoon period around it. You know, a lot of promoters, a lot of audiences are eager to get to see a show at a new facility. They, you know, it's top of the line. Uh, there's a lot of excitement built in with the building. You have people who might be on the fence about seeing a show who are gonna put the money up to go because of that new arena. And, and there's gonna be that honeymoon period. I think that's why we're seeing this really good boom from the new arena in terms of their bookings already, even though we're six months out from the opening. Uh, this is this is pretty startling this really kind of indicates how big the year this is in october three weekdays in october in a row the new arena is going to host first metallica yep the next night they're hosting foo fighters (laughs) and then the night the next night they're hosting the eagles three of the biggest rock bands in the world playing this one venue in milwaukee this is in chicago in milwaukee uh night after night after night in the middle of of an october week not even a weekend there's some
0: guy out there who sells water out of a cooler who's gonna just be (laughs) slammed
1: yeah exactly exactly and the guy that plays you know sax solos after the concerts he's gonna get tons of of (laughs) tips he's gonna do great Uh no it's gonna be big business uh you know and and that the question though is can this be sustainable uh you know there's gonna be the honeymoon period around the new arena yep. there's a new amphitheater that's gonna be opening at the summerfest grounds. exactly i will was, also get a, i was a gonna a ask you about period. that because yeah.
0: we, we we we're talking about the the new bucks arena in a big way but we also have to remember that of course we're getting a new amphitheater and then of course i wanted to ask you about the rising tide raising all boats scenario as mm-hmm. well because miller park to me has always been like a missed opportunity i feel like we could see more shows in there and this year already we've announced a couple of big ones uh I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, Miller Park is interesting because it, some years it's off, some years it's it's a couple shows. This was a year where it just seemed favorable. Mm -hmm. Kenny Chesney's touring stadiums, wants to hit Milwaukee, always hits Milwaukee. Uh, Ed Sheeran's finally moved to that stadium bracket. He's been in Milwaukee a lot. A lot. finally do time for him to come back. Yep. So I think they benefit there. And the same situation, in Alpine Valley. Uh, Alpine, uh, as many people know, was closed last year for yes. the first time in its 40-year history. Um, you know, And this year, they do have four shows. They've got Alpine favorites, Zach Brown Band, mm-hmm. and Dead and & Company. Grateful Dead, of course, is really yeah. tied in with the history always. of Alpine. Always, always. Um, last year, they played Wrigley Field. Uh, most artists don't play the same venue two years in a row, unless you're like Billy Joel at Wrigley right. Field. Um, so it makes sense that they're going to... You know, those are also the artists that tour every summer. It makes sense that they're going to play Alpine Valley instead of going back to Wrigley. And right. that's why uh, Alpine Valley is going to have those four shows. So they benefit in that way too. There's a lot of question marks around those two venues, but I think we will definitely see this honeymoon period from the new arena. The new arena is also designed with uh, more seats in the lower bowl. It's yes. a flip of the Bradley. There's like 60% or more in that lower bowl. You can charge more money for tickets that of way. Uh, the loading is going to be more efficient and cost effective because there's six internal docks versus one mm. outdoor dock at the Bradley. Oh, see, these are the things that you don't usually think about as a ticket buyer. Yeah, right. Right. But I think, you know, promoters will see that and say, okay, it'll be cheaper to move into the new arena than the old arena. We'll get more money out of these shows at the new arena than the old arena because of the new factor, but also because tickets will be higher because there'll be more lower price tickets. And that's probably why we might be seeing like Justin Timberlake saying, Hey, you know, his people saying it's been 15 years. Let's go back to Milwaukee. It's the perfect time to do it. So they'll have the honeymoon, but also the amphitheater, uh, which will be opening about 2020, the, the new American Family Insurance amphitheater. They will also likely benefit from a honeymoon. Um, This year they have one show outside of Summerfest. I expect once that new facility opens, we'll be getting more amphitheater tours beyond the big gig.
0: I kind of assumed that as well. Uh, The idea that the Summerfest, you know, Summerfest has always kind of been this moment in Milwaukee where it's like heavy, heavy concentration. It's like you're, you're just straight sugar for like 11 days and then you take this little break. And sometimes the break before and after, it's like this really low lull. And I'll find myself going up to Twin Cities or down to Chicago to Mm. see a show because it's not happening around here. It's like everything blows up during Summerfest. But for me, the last five plus years, other theaters doing more shows, other theaters bringing more things into the Summerfest grounds. And now I'm thinking, okay, we've got this arena got another amphitheater. We've got other opportunities. I'm wondering if at a certain point, summers in Milwaukee are going to attract people from all over the Midwest because there's just so many concerts happening in the yeah, city. Yeah,
1: possibly. I mean, that's the big question is is the saturation point. When when can we, yeah. when will we hit the saturation point? 2008 was the last huge year for huge concerts in Milwaukee. The whole industry took a big slump because we hit that that big recession right. and the industry really kind of reevaluated, changed a lot of things. It went smaller, more shows and smaller in a lot of ways. Uh, and now the, the industry is doing great. The economy will Obviously, play a factor into that, but we'll have to see if you know there'll be this honeymoon period. I think with the new arena, a honeymoon period with that new amphitheater. And in the meantime, you know, the 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 Paps Group, the rave, they're gonna keep kind of booking a lot of shows. Right. Um, I'm sure we'll see Miller Park stuff, Alpine stuff. Uh, the Panther Arena's got two shows this year. Where they had one the same night as Lord, actually. Exactly. Toby Mac, and exactly. then they got a show uh, which is like the the night before Maroon Five this right. fall. So there's there's plenty of as long as people are buying tickets, the shows will keep coming. The question will be how long can that go on? for and I talked to one promoter who was basically like you don't know that you just until then you just keep doing the business you push you push you push you try to sell as many tickets as you can once things you know crash then you readjust but there's really no sign of any crash happening anytime soon. We are back. It's Tapped
0: In. I'm Jordan Lee in studio every single week with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Piet Levy. We talk about the concerts that are coming into this city that we call home. And of course, uh, Piet's new article, 32 large shows and counting. Milwaukee could have the biggest concert year ever in 2018. Uh, It's looking to be that way, Piet. But we're also talking about small shows in this segment as well. Smaller venues and historic venues in the city. Without a doubt, the Miramar Theater, one of the most important venues for the Milwaukee music scene. So many up-and-comers have played in this room, and you, it's just a space where artists who maybe wouldn't play elsewhere have always found an opportunity to play. But recently, the Miramar's made the news.
1: Yeah, exactly. So just to bring people up to date about what's going on, the, the Miramar uh, abruptly closed last Thursday. They were actually supposed to have a show with Autograph That's that right. night, and like I think 8.30 they announced that they were having to move the show right. to Site 1A, which is really late. Uh, and then... Um, they had, with uh, Dead Man's Carnival, the local troupe, they had a show Friday there, it was suddenly moved to Company Brewing. Yes. They had We Came as Romans, was moved to Miller High Life Theater at the Plankton Hall. Um, so all these shows were moving. Um, so we did some digging on this at the Journal Sentinel, uh, Mary Spakusa and myself, and we found out that they had, um, they basically closed themselves down. They, they were going to be due for closure, but they closed themselves down because there was a liquor license issue. Yes. William Stace, he opened the Miramar Theater back in 1998. Yes. He was the the owner. He had a landlord, yep. but he was the owner. And he basically, it seems like he was forced out um, last year. June um, there was they have disputing accounts but you know it sounds like maybe he fell back on his rent Aaron Olson who runs uh, Bruce Brew City Music it's a promoter in town does EDM stuff uh, he has been um, Stasis partner for about seven years that's correct uh, and he took over officially as the, the with the lease in September but it's but he was running the Miramar with a liquor license that was still um, attributed to William Stasis name correct so that led to this kind of back and forth between Olson and Stace Place, and this this fight that basically escalated to the point that uh, the Miramar shut down. And there's
0: been an interesting, you know, swell of conversation going on in social media, but I think the common denominator between all of this has been we need to maybe just get all this squared away for the better of the music scene. It doesn't matter if you're there to see an EDM DJ or if you're there to see an Ulta rock band, regardless of the situation. I think one thing that you and I have discussed a lot in this segment is that that level of venue is critical to that pivot that takes an artist from, you know, playing in a coffee shop, playing in a small room, to playing in a large room. And without these mid-size and small rooms in the city of Milwaukee, and especially ones that can be all ages, which is a very important missing link in the city's music scene, Mm -hmm. uh, I have, I remember I saw Atmosphere. Open up for the Rusty Pelicans in 1998 in that room. Wow. Wow. I yeah. mean, you think about, you know, atmosphere yeah. is probably one of the largest names in independent rap music at this point in time. Oh, sure. And that was an opportunity I had as an 18-year-old kid yep. to go to that show.
1: Yeah, there are. That's. I think that's a big thing is it it, it with Aaron especially in charge of it, and, and he's been. it's been kind of his show in terms of the types of bookings they've had, it's really gotten more and more EDM in recent years. And there is an audience for that, for an all-ages EDM show on Absolutely. that level, on that small level. The Rave's the only other venue that's really doing EDM, and they're, and those are usually going to be booked in their bigger rooms yes. there. Um, so for something small on that level, Miramar's, and, and all ages, that's a good place. Place to do it, uh, site one A is twenty one plus. Yep. So Miramar is basically your only shot. Same with hip hop. There's hip hop acts that um, you know might not be big enough to do the rave or Turner Hall, um, but too big for like a Cactus Club. Right. So Miramar's, and again, all ages. So Miramar is the the place to do it. Um, so there was this back and forth between them. It basically led to a meeting at the, the with the licenses committee on Tuesday, where Olson was uh, you know campaigning to get a license in his name to be approved for that, and Stace was still kind of hoping to retain that, even though he had been kind of forced out of the business. Right. Uh, it ended with Olson, uh, the, the License Committee unanimously uh, voting to approve that the new liquor license would go to Olson. Uh, it still has to go in front of the full Common yes. Council. Yep. Uh, it'll come go there, I think, in late March or early April. Until then, the Miramar Theater is going to be closed. But the hope is that, uh, from Olsen's perspective, that the Common Council, based on this unanimous vote of, of, of um, support from the Licenses Committee he'll get that liquor license, and then the Miramar could reopen. Until then, the Miramar will be closed. Right. So they had, I think, like 12 shows booked there in March. They have shows booked there in April. These things are all going to you know, move, possibly get canceled. Right. Uh, Olsen has told me he's likely going to move most of them to either Site 1A mm-hmm. or to Plankinton Hall at the Miller uh, High Life Theater. But he basically said, anyone that was planning to go to these shows, please keep checking the Miramar Facebook page. We'll have updates on where these shows end up. That's that's going to be your best way to kind of figure out where you're going to go for these these gigs. Well, if you want more music news, you can always follow us at radiomilwaukee.org. Or go to jsonline.com slash music for all the info on this, uh, this story. Thank you, Piet. I'll see you next week for Tapped In. See you next week.